Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Rick. It says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness. You talk about God going all in. To have all his fullness dwell in Christ. And through him, and here's our key word for the day, and through him to do what? What's that next word? Reconcile. Say it like you mean it. Yeah, reconcile. And then verse 18 of Colossians, or 2 Corinthians says this. I love this. All of this is from God. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and, and gave us the mission, the ministry of doing what? Yeah, of reconciliation. Well, you can grab a seat at all of our campuses. And I want to set things up today by asking you a question. How many of you have a movie that you like so much that every time it comes on again on TV, you'll watch it? I mean, yeah, even though you've seen it a half a dozen times, a dozen times, you'll watch it over and over again. How many of you have a movie like that? Yeah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor, preferably a neighbor that you don't know. Yeah, introduce yourself and tell them what that movie is for you. You got 10, 15 seconds, go. Yeah, now, now for me, I've got three of those movies. For me, they are Field of Dreams... Yeah, A Few Good Men, and maybe my new favorite of all times, it was on TV all this past week, my new favorite of all times, The Book of Eli. How many of you have seen The Book of Eli? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a look. Take a look. Now, folks, I realize that movie is violent to the core, but I love it. I love it because the mission of Eli mirrors the mission that God has given to us. So for those of you who haven't seen the book of Eli, let me give you the quick trailer version of it. To begin with, the main character in the movie is a man by the name of Eli. Yeah, and he's played by Denzel Washington. The setting of the movie is the aftermath of a nuclear holocaust. Oh yeah, and the face of the earth as we know it today has been decimated. And everything that we take for granted in terms of luxuries like like clean water and light and electronics and, and all books have departed from the face of the earth. There's no books including, including no Bibles. There's not a single Bible left on the face of the earth. Now, I want you to stay in the story because darkness and evil 
pervade the planet. There's very little light from the sun, and there is zero light from God. And so consequently, murder and rape and brutality become widespread because, again, there is no Bible to give hope. There is no Bible to shed light. All copies of the Bible are gone off the face of the earth. I take that back. There was one copy left of the King James Version of the Bible that has survived the nuclear holocaust. In other words, there's only one Bible left on the face of the earth, and this man, Eli, has it in his possession. He has the hope of the world in his possession. And so the storyline of the movie from there on is that God has entrusted Eli with this treasure of the Word of God. And his mission is to carry the treasure with its message and to take it across the United States, across the highway of death, it was called, all the way to the island of Alcatraz in California. Why? Because there were people there who had a printing press. And they would print it. And once again, the word of God would be able to spread across the world. Now, I want you to stay in the story. Because as you might imagine, evil men tried to stop the mission of Eli. They fought him. He faced conflict. They would beat him. And he would fight back. They fought him. They tried to stop him. And at one point, they actually shoot him point blank. He doesn't die, but he's, he's wounded severely. And after they shoot him, they pry the Bible out of his hands. And they think they have stopped the mission. But what they don't realize is that Eli has memorized the entire King James Version of the Bible. Oh, yeah. And so they could pry the Word of God out of his hand, but they couldn't pry the Word of God out of his mind. He had it in his head. And so, alas, alas, he reaches the island of Alcatraz. And he tells the guards there, he says, I have a King James Version of the Bible in my possession. They bring him inside. They don't realize he only has it in his head. And so they, they ask him, may we ask you what condition it's in? He says, it's beat up, but it'll do the job. And so he's mortally wounded, but they lay him down on this bed. And as they do, he begins to recite the entire King James Version of the Bible beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And as he recites it, they write it down. Take a look. So once again, don't you love that? Yeah, and so once again, the hope of the Word of God began to spread. Now, folks, let me turn a corner and bring all of that over to our text, 
Because what a mirror image of the mission that God has entrusted to us. And by that I mean just as God entrusted the treasure of the word of God to Eli. And just as Eli's mission was to take that message and to spread that message of hope to as many people in his world, world as he possibly could. Listen, listen, just like that. Christ Fellowship, God has entrusted us with this treasure of the Word of God. And it is a treasure, amen? It is the hope of this world. And our mission, given to us by God, is to spread this message to as many people in our world as we possibly can. That is the mission. That is the assignment that God has left with us. That is the reason we are left on this earth. We are left on this earth. This earth is not our home, Jesus said. This world is not your home. You say, what are we left here for? We have been left here for a mission. To spread the message of the hope of God to as many people as we possibly can. And my prayer is that we're going to go all in and all out for that mission. Amen? Now you might be saying, Rick, why, why is the Bible such a treasure? Why is that? And how can I have a part in spreading the Bible to as many people as possible. What can I do to make that happen? We're going to find out today as we look at this beautiful passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I want to warn you, as I often do, today for sure is going to come across a lot like theology. So you're going to have to put your brains in gear to grasp this, but it is fundamental to everything and everyone that we are. So I want to give you two thoughts today. You can just write these down if you would like in your notebook there. I want to tell you, first of all, why the Bible is such a treasure to us. If you're writing this down, number one, it's a treasure because, number one, the Bible holds a message from God. This book holds a message from God Almighty. And don't get me wrong, the Bible is the story of God in us. This is my story, this is my song. This is the story of God in you, God and me. But let me hasten to add, it is much more than that. Because the story holds a singular message, and it's a message of hope. You say, what is that message? It's right here in our text, verse 19. God was pleased to have all his fullness to dwell in Christ and through him, that is through Christ, to reconcile, there's our key word for the day, to reconcile all things to himself. Everybody heads up. Because in those two little sentences, listen to this, God summarizes the entire story of the Bible. Again, the Bible is the story of God and me, the story of God and you, the story of God and us. That story begins in Genesis chapter 1. It consummates, it climaxes in Revelation chapter 22. The story is comprised of 66 different books, 1,189 chapters, 
verse after verse, page after page after page after page. But listen, right here in this little book of, Gal- of Colossians, sort of tucked in between the, mid- the beginning and the end, it's almost as if God says, pause, and he steps us back from the story, and he says, I want to remind you of the singular message that's written from Genesis to Revelation. Because that message, this message, is a message of hope. Here's the message. I want you to write it down in A. Here's the message of the Bible. God loves people. And he's on a mission to reconcile them. That's the story of the Bible, and that's the message of the Bible. God loves people. You have never seen a human being. You have never come eyeball to eyeball with a single person who did not matter deeply to God. God loves them, and God is on a mission to reconcile them to himself. Now, I want to talk to you about that word reconcile, but let me tell you this. If you're a believer, you have already been reconciled to God. That's why, yeah, that's why, that's why verse 22, yeah, it says this, but now he, but now he, but now he has reconciled you. Yeah, in other words, you're not being reconciled. You're not in some sort of process of being reconciled to God. No, the moment you called out to Christ to ask him to save you, at that moment, you were reconciled to God. Now, I want you to keep your thinking caps on because that word reconciled is maybe the most lovely word in all of the Bible. We love it. And here's what it means. Here's what that word reconciled means. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for what it means? Tell you what, hold that thought for a moment. Yeah. And here's why. You will never love the word reconciled in verse 20. Until you learn to hate the word alienated in verse 21. Let me say that again. You will never rejoice like you should in the sentence that says you have been reconciled to God until you loathe the following sentence that says you were once alienated from him. We were alienated from him. In fact, write it down. Once you were alienated, write that down as B. Once you were alienated from God, verse 21 says it. Once, everybody look at me. You were alienated from God. You say, meaning what? Before you trusted Christ, you were alienated from God. Put another way, everybody in here who is a believer, raise your hand. At all of our campuses, listen, you were once an alien, alienated away from God. I want you to keep your thinking caps on because that word alienated is a dreadful word. It's translated from a compound Greek word. I always tell you your Bible was originally written in Koine Greek, the New Testament, and then translated to English, Spanish, French, whatever. That word alienated is from the compound Greek word apa-alatrias. Apa-alatrias. Here's what it means. It's very visual. The prefix apa in the Greek means away from. 
And in this context, listen, it means to be quarantined away from God. Talk about a current word. Quarantined. Yeah, away from God. The word alatrias means to be relationally separated from somebody by a long distance. So folks, add it up. Before you came to Christ, and by the way, if you've never come to Christ, you're still in this condition. But before you came to Christ, you had, God had quarantined you away from him. Before you came to Christ, God had separated you from him, and you were afar from him is what the Bible says. And here's why you were quarantined. It's because in Genesis chapter 1, or chapter 3, when sin came into this world, it hit this world like a coronavirus times a trillion. Because when Adam sinned, he became infected. He became in con contaminated by this sin virus. And folks, from that point on, every child that Adam had, he spread the disease to every one of them. He passed it to them. And not only that, Every child he had, they passed the disease to their children. They spread the disease to their, their children. And that disease has been spread all the way down, look around you, to every person in this room and every person in this world has been contaminated by the disease because it's totally contagious. You did not become a sinner. The Bible says you were born into sin. David said, I was conceived the moment the sperm hit that egg that created you, you were contaminated by sin. In fact, Romans 5 puts it this way. Listen to this. Here's the theology of this. Listen. Therefore, just as sin, just as the coronavirus entered into the world, just as sin entered into the world through, who was that? Yeah, through Adam. And death, it's a deadly disease, death through sin, and so in this way, death what? It's spread to all men. Translation, sin is like a coronavirus times a trillion, and we have all been contaminated. We've all caught the disease, and it's terminal. It's terminal. Romans, Romans 3.23 says, for all of sin. Romans 6.23 says, the effect of that sin is what? Death. Ezekiel says, the soul that sins, and we're all sinning. It's just a symptom of the fact that we're infected. It shall what? Die. And so, folks, here's what God had to do to prevent the spread of sin into heaven and to prevent the spread of sin Unto God, if you can imagine. God had to quarantine every sinner, and that's every one of us, away from himself. Make no mistake about it. God cannot coexist with sin. Make no mistake about it. Have no illusions. God will not coexist with sinners, which is why he is quarantined. Apa. 
alatrias, alienated every sinner away from him. And that's every one of us. In fact, Acts 2 says it like this, all that are what? Afar. Afar. That was your condition before you came to Christ, and it is your condition if you've never come to him. And folks, here's what we need to know. We cannot cure the disease, nor is there any way that you and I can build a bridge to God through good works, through religion. There's no way to build a bridge to God. We're far off. And by the way, if you're here today and you're without Christ as your Savior and you feel like you are far away from God, listen, you are, you are far away. But here's the tension, here's the tension. You were created to be close to God. In other words, when God created the human race, he created us to have a relationship with us. Let me make it personal. When God brought you into this world, no matter who you are in here today, when God brought you into the world, when God made the decision to give you life, he really had one primary reason for doing that, and that is to have a relationship with you. Not a religion, not a ritual, not a tradition, but a personal relationship with you. And not only does God want to have a relationship with you, God created you so that you would desire to have a relationship with him. Now, you might be here today and you might say, nah, I don't care about having a relationship with God. Listen, it's in you. It's in me. God has hardwired it into our DNA, right into our soul, to have this desire to know him, to be close to him. And let me tell you, you sense that desire the most when you are alone. In other words, when the party's over, when the lights have stopped blinking and flashing and the music is off and everybody leaves and it's then all of a sudden you lying there in the bed with you, that is when your soul within begins to cry out to you, I need God. I want a relationship with my maker. I want to know him. But you can't. You can't. You can't even get close to him. You've been alienated. Quarantined away. Now, that's the hopelessness of where we are. But here's the great hope of the Bible. Write this down to see. We can't do anything. But write this down to see. God has gone all in to reconcile us to himself. Amen? It was all of God. Here's what it says. For God, not we in God, for God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in Christ. And through him, not through him and you and me, just through him alone to reconcile to himself all things. And everybody heads up. Because that word reconcile, again, is such a lovely word. It means to heal things that are broken. We have a broken relationship with God because of our sin, but reconciliation heals the sin. But not only that, the word reconcile is a bridge term. And it means to, to build a bridge between two things that are separated from each other. In other words, it's, it's the picture of two land masses. You have a land mass over here. Let's say Miami. And you have a land mass hundreds of miles, several, maybe 150 miles away, Key West. 
And this body of water, this gap separates the two. Henry Flagler (laughs) builds a bridge to span the gap and to connect the two. What an image of what God has done for you. No matter who you are, God has built a bridge to you, my friend. And he built the bridge from himself to you, and he did it through Christ. Listen to what verse 20 says. And through him to reconcile to himself, making peace through his blood. Write this down, Jesus' blood. Just write Jesus' blood. Jesus' blood heals us from our sins and gives us eternal life. Write this down as two, Jesus' cross. Just write Jesus' cross. You got Jesus' blood, you got Jesus' cross. Jesus' cross bridges the gap from God to us. The bridge goes from him to us, not from us to him. We don't build a bridge. You cannot build a religious bridge to God. You're wasting your time. The bridge has to come from God down to us. And that's exactly what the cross is. It's a bridge. And listen, here's what you need to know. The separation between us and God was so far, and the sin was so deadly that God had to, listen, this is so important theology, God had to take all of his glory and put it all in Christ in order to reconcile us. That's why the verse says this, for it pleased God. God was okay with doing this, for it pleased God to have all his fullness to dwell in Christ. You say meaning what? Meaning God had to go all in on this. God, it took, listen, to to reconcile you to God, to reconcile me to God, God had to go all in in terms of his power. God had to go all in in terms of his wisdom. God had to go all in in terms of his mercy. God had to go all in in terms of his compassion. God had to go all in for you in terms of his forgiveness. God had to go all in in terms of his blood, his sweat, his tears. God went all in and spared nothing to build a bridge to you. And because God went all in, all of us can go in. We can go into God's presence, we can go into God's heaven, we can go into God's kingdom. We who once were afar have been brought close through the blood and through the cross of Jesus. Amen? That's the message of this book. But listen, listen, that's not the end of the story. It gets better. It gets even better. Because once you have become reconciled, Once God puts his favor on you, which he has put on every believer in here, God now gives you a life mission, and there's nothing like it. In fact, write it down as two. God has given us the mission of reconciliation. The mission of reconciliation. Listen to 2 Corinthians. All of this is from God. We didn't build the bridge He did. We didn't cure the sin. He did. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Now now that you've been reconciled, watch what you get. And gave us Christ's fellowship, the mission, the ministry 
of reconciliation. Listen, that mission right there is the mission we have been left on this earth to accomplish. God has entrusted us, Christ Fellowship, with a message. And our message is to take that treasure, that message, and to spread that message of hope, of love, of reconciliation to as many people as we possibly can. Just like Eli. Eli, God entrusted him with the book. And Eli's mission was to take that book and to take it to Alcatraz and have it printed so it could be duplicated, so it could be multiplied. That's exactly what we've been left on this, on this earth to do. We have been left here to find people who are far away from God and to bring them the message, not to let them figure it out for themselves, to take the message to them and to say to them, yes, you are far away from God, but you're not God forsaken. God loves you, and he cares about you, and he has built a bridge from himself to you through the cross of Jesus. And if you will call on Christ as Savior, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you step on that bridge, if you will, and trust him as Savior, he will bring you out of the darkness and into the glorious light of his son, and he will give you everlasting life because he wants to have a relationship with you now and forever in the heaven, and when we come back to the earth forever to have that relationship with you then. That is the message that we've been entrusted with. And folks, the vision that we have at Christ Fellowship is bold. We want to take that mission, or that message, to every man, every woman, Every little boy, every little girl, every student, every teenager in this city. Every one of them. We want to spread that message to every country from where you all have come from, which is 81 different countries. We want to spread that message. Now, can I ask you a question? Is there anything that you could give your life to that has any more significance than that? Is there anything that you could live for and that's worth dying for any more than that mission? Is there anything that you could come to the end of your life and say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Is there anything worth more than that? Worth living for. Tell you what, take a look at the end of the movie, and I'll come back and close. Everybody say, I fought the good fight. Everybody say, I kept the faith. I have finished the race. Is there anything greater that we could do with our lives? Eli went all in. Amen? He gave it all. In Christ Fellowship, that's what we're calling all of us to do. To be all in with all we have for God. And listen, all in means every one of us. 
every one of us in. See, there's power in all, isn't there? Let me say that again. There's power in all, isn't there? There's weakness in some. Power in all. Weakness in some. You ever been to a Miami Heat game and all the people have on the white hot jerseys? Sends a message, doesn't it? To the, to the, team, the other team. We're, here, we're all here to win. Listen, we, we want to be all in. We want to send a message to Satan that we are here to push back the kingdom of darkness. Jesus said we fight the kingdom of darkness and it yields itself reluctantly. Every soul we take, Satan gives to us with reluctance. But we are here to fight the good fight. We are here to run the race. We're going to keep the faith. We're going to pass this treasure that has been entrusted to us to as many people as we possibly can. How are we going to do that? How are we going to get it to every community in this city? How are we going to get it to every community in all these countries that you came from? We're going to do it by putting a campus, a Christ Fellowship campus in every community in this city. That is our vision. Why? Because we figured out that is the way to multiply. By the way, you know, some of you remember years ago, we, a few years back, we started a vision called 100,000 by 2020. Remember that? You say, what happened to it? Well, right after we started it, I got hit with colon cancer and got sidelined. But it was a God thing because God began to impress on us that the way to do this is not by adding people, but by adding campuses. Because the campuses with our DNA are like that printing machine. It's just like, it's not adding. It's We start reaching, multiplying, and that's what it's going to take for Christ. Amen? A campus in every community in this city. Now, we all clap, but here's what it's going to take. We're going to have to be financially strong to make that happen. Let me say that again. We're going to have to be financially strong. You see, you show me a church that's financially strong, and I'll show you a church that can push back the gates of hell every time. Transverse. You show me a church that's financially weak, and I'll show you a church that struggles to push back the gates of hell. We want to be financially strong. And so we're going to ask everybody, all, all in, everybody, to give regularly to this church. Now, for some of you, you think, I've never given anything. Well, that's where you are. If you've never given anything, we're going to ask you to start giving. And let's forget what the number is. We just want all, everybody, we want everybody to be all in. You'll have fun. I don't care what it is. You just start giving, and you'll watch God start blessing your life, and you'll say, you know what? I want to do this more. I want to do this more. We want all in, all in. And I'm telling you, when you start giving, God blesses. It's just a law of reciprocity. God, you give, God's just going to bless. It doesn't mean you already get rich, but it does mean God will meet your needs we will be able to do what we were left here to do. March 15th is going to be the commitment day for everybody in this church. It's going to be a huge day. But this Friday, we're going to have advanced commitment night. This Friday night, we're going to call all of our campuses from across Dade County and even from all around the globe. But we're going to meet right here. They're going to be meeting others. We're going to be here 
Friday night. And we're going to ask some of you to say, I want to, I want to, I want to commit in advance. I want to go ahead and get the, get the engine started. Get the press going. And so we're going to have a big night of worship this Friday night. It's going to be a, just an amazing time. I've, I've already looked at the lineup. It's just going to be so much. We're going to have fun. But for some of you, it's going to be your first time to say, God, I, I've never really given every week or every time I get paid. But God, I'm going to start doing that. And you're going to, you're going to find joy and fun in giving to God and watching Him do what He does and watching Him do what He can do in terms of us advancing the gospel. You're going to be here this Friday night. If you're, even if you don't mean it, say amen. <laughs> you're going to be here this Friday night. You're going to be here this Friday night. All right. God bless you. Listen, I'm going to, I, I'm going to ask all of our, our campus pastors to come forward now at your campus. You know what? I got to do this. I got to do this. I cannot not do this. See, you might be here and you're thinking, Everything you're talking about, I'm not, I'm not a Christian. Maybe, maybe this is your first time in church in a long time. And we're glad you're here. But maybe as I was talking, you were thinking, Rick, that's me. I'm, I am the one far away from Christ, far away from God. Well, listen, here's the good news. You may be far away from God, but you're not God forsaken. God loves you more than you could ever know. And here's the the sweet part of this Bible. He wants to reconcile you to himself. He wants to have a relationship with you. And here's your part. The Bible says everyone, that means you, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How do you become reconciled to God? You just call on him. You don't have to join anything. You don't have to sign anything. It's It's never religious with God. It's always personal. God says, talk to me, call on me, and I'll give you eternal life. He he has put the bridge right in front of you. All you got to do is step on to it by faith, by calling on him. Would you do that today? Let's bow our heads at all of our campuses. Listen, if you're here today and you'd like to do that, why don't you call on him right there where you're seated? Just quietly pray to him. He's listening with all of his heart. You might say, well, Rick, I... I don't know what to say. Well, listen, let me help you. I want want to lead you in a prayer. And you pray this prayer, not to me. You pray it to God. He's listening. This is not a scripted prayer. This is not a poem. So pray it from your heart. Pray, dear Heavenly Father, I realize today that I am far away from you. I realize that as a sinner, I have been quarantined from your presence. But Lord, I also know that you have built a bridge all the way to me by the cross of Jesus. And through his blood, you can forgive my sins. And so right now, I open the door to my heart. I open the door to my life and I ask you to wash my sins away through the blood of Christ and Lord I step on that bridge
And I ask you to give me everlasting life. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for reconciling me. Thank you for giving me eternal life. May I spend the rest of my life following you, loving you, and being loved by you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know at cfmemmy.org slash connect and filling out a connection card. We want to thank you so much for joining us. We love you and God bless.